This episode is made possible by PwC. It's getting hot out here. Moving the mercury can help move your business. PwC helps turn sustainability theory into real-world action. Reduce your carbon footprint while increasing transparency in net zero commitments. Start with reporting to identify your climate risks and reinvent your business. Create a more sustainable business and a stronger planet. It's all part of the new equation. Learn more at thenewequation.com. Good evening, everyone, and happy new year. Welcome to Signs, Wonders, and Miracles. Dr. James is going to teach us about what the Bible means when it refers to wonders. Because, you know, a lot of times we see a word in the Bible and we think we know what it means. But then you turn around and you look into it and it's not exactly what the Bible means by it. So he's going to straighten us out. Welcome to the program, Pastor James. Well, thank you as usual. I'm glad to be on the program. So that way somebody can learn something. You know, I know a little bit. I don't know a lot. I know a little bit. And sometimes a little bit is more than most people know. So I just want to help everybody because I want to be helped myself. I tell you, the things about wonders, you know, we, Jesus worked in signs, wonders, and miracles. And he said for us to have a normal Christian life is to follow him. And a lot of times we don't know what to do because we don't spend time with him. We'll read the Bible a little bit and then change over or, well, I'm tired now. Let me let me do something else. And see, we get away from him instead of being close, drawing near him. That's why he says, if uh, my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, then I would hear from heaven and heal their land. Well, land is us because we were made from the dirt. God will heal us if we get closer to him. The closer we walk with him, the closer he'll walk with us. I know some people say that if you take uh, one step, God will take two but that's not what the Bible teaches. It says if you draw nigh unto him, he'll draw nigh unto you and cleanse your hand. Whatever you're doing wrong, start living toward the perfection. People say, well, nobody can be perfect. He already said you can, so that's why you can't. You have what you say. You have what you can believe. Now, here's the thing about uh, God's words. If we'll start off in the book of Mark the 16th chapter, starting with the first verse. Mark, the 16th chapter, starting with the first verse. Because you got to remember, this is all about wonders. What is a wonder? A wonder is something that makes you have to think and not to be numb. A lot of times if a person sees something and they're numb, they, they, they don't know what to think. They're just numb. But a wonder, or let's say like you see, uh, let's give a, a good example. Uh, you threw a uh, a cup in the air, and the cup grew wings and started flying. Well, then you would wonder, what what happened? You're wondering. And that's what the Bible is, full of wonders. Jesus operated in wonders. The Bible is for, is for us to learn how to, uh, how to win souls Because the Bible says He who wins souls is wise But you can't win souls Unless you first of all Know how to win souls And that's why 
what a wonder is all about. People, a lot of times, once we're a Christian, we start running looking for signs and wonders and miracles. But the thing is, if we'll look for what we're supposed to look for, Jesus, and spend time with Jesus, then the signs and wonders and miracles will happen. A lot of people got these different books out. Well, if you'll do this, 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 then uh, God will do that, 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 and that. But there is no ritual with God. It's all about spending time with him. The more time you spend with him, the more miracles you will see, the more signs you will see, the more wonders you will have, because God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So let's look at uh, what is a normal Christian life. So Matthew, I mean, Mark, the 16th chapter, and let's go to the 15th verse. For this is orders that Jesus gave us on how to have a normal Christian life. That means signs and wonders and miracles should be happening around you all the time. To give an example, I was sitting at a restaurant eating at uh, my favorite place, Golden Corral, and this lady said, I saw you on TV. I said, oh, well, thank you. She said, can I sit here and talk with you? I said, yes. She sat down as soon as she sat down. I hadn't said hello or anything else. As soon as she sat down, she started growling. Her eyes went back in the top of her head and stuff. People who was eating, they stopped to look to see what was going on. The manager of the place come running down to see what was happening because, I mean, she was real loud. But this is... Wonder, why did that happen? See, this is what we call a wonder, a biblical wonder, something that it doesn't numb you, but you're trying to figure out what happened. So anyway, as she was sitting there making the noise, I stood up and I told the manager, I said, I've got this. I'm an exorcist. And when I said that, people started eating quickly. The manager went back the opposite direction, and they left us alone. Because God, if he's with you, Signs and wonders will follow. I'm telling you, you ain't got to do nothing. There is no formula except spending time with Jesus. Well, how do you spend time with Jesus? The Bible says that if you'll study of him, learn of me, I am meek and lowly. In other words, seek him out with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Find out who is Jesus. And when you find out, you'll find out he is the word. And what is the word? The word is life. It's in Hebrew it's called chet. C H I I mean C H E T Chet, which means life. He is the life. There's no dead words on the page. These these words on the page is life. And if you understand it, you'll see all kinds of wonders. Everything you read in here is gonna be wonders. But let's look at the order what Jesus said on normal. Christian life. Uh, we're at Mark, the 16th chapter and the 15th verse. And it says this, it says, and he said unto them, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believe and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believe not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, they shall cast out devils, they shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. 
So then after the Lord had spoken these things, he was received up into heaven, and he sat on the right-hand side, right-hand of God, and they went forth. We're talking about the, the apostles, the believers. It ain't just the, it, the believers. They went forth and preached in everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. Now, we're going to go back and study this real quick. So starting at that 15th verse, he done told us to go into the world and to preach the gospel to every creature. What is the gospel, though? That most people say it's the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. But if you if you see what Jesus said, he said it in the uh, Matthew, the 24th chapter, where he said, this is the gospel. And what gospel is that? The prophecy. The Bible is made of prophecy. And you will never win souls until you can teach people, hey, the prophecies of the Bible, and it has came to pass. So many undisputable uh, miracles that were prophesied has came to pass. Israel became a nation, which is impossible. They were destroyed since 70 A.D., but yet and still, 1948, overnight, one night, they became a nation, and they've been a nation ever since. That's impossible. That's a wonder. What is the next thing that's going to make you wonder? Is that, uh, so, uh, so if you read what the Bible says in the 24th chapter of Matthew, you'll find out all the prophecy about Israel, and all this has done happen. So for everything it said that it's going to happen to Israel has happened. So now let's keep on going here. So that's the gospel. And it says 16th, it says, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. When it says be baptized, it doesn't mean the water only, but it means in the Holy Spirit. That's where you've got to be baptized. And the only way you get baptized in the Holy Spirit is that the Holy Spirit has to draw you. If he's not drawing you, I don't care how many times you pray for people, it's not going to help. The Holy Spirit has got to draw them. But you can pray or intercede that the Holy Spirit will do this for them. And it says, when the uh, when you receive, well, we'll we'll be going to be reading that when we go to Acts. So, so here the people are being baptized in the Holy Spirit, but those that are not baptized in the Holy Spirit, they, they're not going to make it. I don't care how good you are, how kind you are, God is not going to let somebody there in the flesh unless they've been born again of the Spirit. And we'll talk about that later. What does it really mean to be born again? And it says, and these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. First thing he said, these signs, these signs, before anything else, these signs has got to be in your life. And it says, in my name, which means authority. In my authority, they shall cast out devils. Now, if you ain't cast out a devil, I start wondering, have I been born again? Because devils are supposed to be scared of you. Wherever you show up, the power of God is with you. That's the Holy Spirit inside of you. It should stir up everything around you. If somebody is not serving God, they should automatically start hating you, and they don't even know why. If somebody is serving God, they should automatically love you, and they won't know why. They just feel something. It's about us. We got a contact or, uh, or something that's pulling us together to be friends. That's it. Then they said they shall speak with new tongues. Tongues is 
a different dialect or different languages or anything like that. And it will be, there's a difference between new tongues and demonic tongues. When you hear tongues of God, it'll either be some, somebody will be able to interpret and it'll be praising the works of God. But if you hear somebody speaking in a, a demonic language, they'll always talk about your ego. The Lord wants you to have a new house. The Lord wants you to have a new car. What about our, our life? We need to get that right first. And God can give us the new car and new things because the Bible tells us in the book of Matthew that anything that we need, God will give it to us. But only those who have been born again and who have given their life to him. Then the 18th verse says, Thou shalt take up serpents, and if you drink anything, any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. In other words, when it says you shall take up serpents, it ain't you playing with no snakes. Because if you play with a snake, you're going to die. When it says that you shall take up serpents, that means if something happened like with Paul, the Bible always interprets itself. It doesn't need no private interpretation, as you heard me tell last week. The snake bit Paul, and they waited around to see if he's going to die, and all he did was shake that thing off into the fire, and they called it a venom. That means they knew it was deadly poison. And they waited and waited, and when he didn't die, they said, well, he must be a god. But no, the word of God is God, and he says if you take up anything, uh, uh, take up serpents, it will not harm you. Then Then the other part, now this is a normal Christian life. Then shall they lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Now, what does it mean by lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover? In the Hebrew, the word hand means thought, but it can mean ten different things at the same time. But one of it is thought. When you get ready to pray for the sick, you don't pray with them with your mind saying they're still going to be sick after I get through. You pray with the thought that God is going to heal them. You think, you focus in on what you say I'm going to have. If I say this person is going to uh, recover and be healed, that's what I'm praying. Now, here's the thing that most people don't understand. See, we try to put ourselves into what God should do. But God does what he wants to do. He is God. And since I have been to heaven, I can tell you, once you get over the other side, you don't want to come back. So, I know maybe you've been praying for your loved ones to live and, and not to die and stuff, but if they get a glance to the other side, they might tell them, I don't want to come back. And so don't feel bad when some uh, some parent or some child that dies and go to heaven. Because once they're there, why would you want them to come back to all this that's going on down here when they can have a place of joy and peace and love in the Holy Spirit or Holy Ghost? All right, let's look at what else it says. So then after that, the 19th verse, so after that the Lord has spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven, sat at the right hand of God, and they went forth, who? The believers. The believers went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them. Now, what is he doing? Working with them? What's going to happen when he works with them? Signs and wonders. Confirming the word, which with signs following, all of them, or amen. So in other words, when the Holy Spirit is with you, there's supposed to be some, some wonders happening. 
I don't care if you move. It's going to be one of the nine gifts, which is in 1 Corinthians, that 12th chapter, starting with the first verse, where he said, I don't want you to be ignorant. I want you not to not misunderstand, but understand what is God's will. God's will is that the Holy Spirit will operate through you, that signs and wonders will happen. So that the unbeliever, the unbeliever will see uh, the signs that's operating and say, look, uh-uh, this ain't natural. I don't understand, but I'm trying to figure it out. And that will draw them. When they see somebody healed by you praying over them or uh, waving your hand across them, because just like Peter, Peter walked down the street and his shadow touched people and people got healed. Paul took off, uh, he had an apron and cut it up and gave pieces and demons were cast out by that. But it's all for the unbeliever. See, if we believe, then we move in another authority. And this is the year right now. Uh, in Hebrew, it's 5779. And they you always use the last number to explain what's happening. Well, nine means authority. We're the time, this is the time we're supposed to walk in authority. Stop trying to have somebody else pray for you, but learn to pray for yourself. Because there's going to be a time, and it's coming soon that the world is going to turn against everybody who is not on their side. And they're going to try to starve you out. They're going to try to kill you. They already got 30,000 guillotines in the United States. They just brought in some more. They already got what they call femur camps. They're where they're going to put us at. But if you know your God, you hear me, if you understand how to operate in the authority, you can be standing right in front of a person. They won't even see you. But those are for those that believe. Those are for those that believe. Let's turn over to the book of Acts. Because we're talking about wonders. We want to know what is a wonder? How do we operate in it? And as I told you, there is no formula. There's no formula to operate in except spend time with Jesus. The more you spend time, and who is Jesus? The Word. And that's when you'll understand what it says in John 1, 1. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. There was nothing that was made without him. In other words, the Word is what creates your reality. Either you have a God reality or you have a devil reality. But either way, you're going to walk in one or the other. You can either hear by growing close to God, by reading his word, studying it, and finding out what does this mean when it says by every word. You must live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Versus, well, I think I should do this and let the devil trick you and miss your, your blessings. Is there any way that you can lose your salvation? Yes. Look at uh, Judas. He was accounted among the apostles. And as I tell people, there's only 12 apostles at any given time. Yeah, I know the other people that call themselves apostles, but those are what you call church apostles or, or they made self-made apostles. But God has 12 ordained apostles at any given time. It represents the kingdom of God. And they have authority. They have power. They have uh uh, a deeper understanding of God's word and how to explain it because we're all here to do one thing, 
to win souls. But you don't have to be an apostle to win souls. All you have to do is be a believer so other people can see the wonders that's happening around you. Let's look at the Acts. Acts 1 and 1. Former treaty have I made, the Otheopolis, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach. So in other words, Jesus has a fourfold ministry. He came teaching, preaching, healing, and prophesying. Now, this is Luke writing this, and when he said, oh, Theolopolis, he was written it to you personally, because Theolopolis means those that love God. So if you're one of those people that love God, this is written to you. So he's trying to get everything in order so you'll know what to do, how to follow Jesus and teach the same thing he did. So the second person said, until the day which he was taken up, and after that, through the Holy Ghost, has given commandments unto the apostles whom he has chosen, and to whom he also showed himself alive after his passion, after many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days, always remembered, numbers are very important with God, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. So what is the kingdom of God? It is the word of God. That is the kingdom of God. Spend time with Jesus. That's the word. Spend time with him. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait on the promise of the Father. Now look at there. It just says one word, which. Then it's in Talisad, says he, which you have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. Once you are baptized, born again, that's what it means, not talking about baptism in water. It's talking about be baptized in the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit enters into you. Now, what it means, uh, born again, it means that your thought life is elevated to understand the higher things of God, the spiritual things of God. That's why it says, with all your getting, getting an understanding, that's what he wants. He wants you to understand. And the spirit is another word for understanding. And that's why when you see a, 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 a capital S in the Bible, and it doesn't say anything, it's talking about your born-again understanding. So when you read something, you'll, you'll see it differently. And then a year later, you go back and study, you'll see more. Then you go back and study a year later or even a month later or a day later. You will see more because you have been born again. Born again of the spirit, which means born again of the understanding. It says, six, when they therefore had come in together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? In other words, what does that word Israel mean? Israel means those that wrestle with God. See, the more you... You, you start to figure out what the word is saying. The more you study the word, the more God's going to give you power. Power is knowledge. And he said unto them, it is not for you to know the time of the season, which the Father had put in his own power, but you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witness uh, unto me both in Jerusalem and to Judea and to Samaria and the uttermost part of the earth. When you're understanding has been enlightened when your understanding in the holy spirit has given you a revelation knowledge that's what it's called revelation knowledge what paul talked about 
then you will have peace. That's what it says when it says uh, Jerusalem, both in Jerusalem. Jerusalem is the word for foundation of peace. When the Holy Spirit is in you, you you develop peace beyond understanding. Even in your midst of a storm, you'll still, still be at peace. Then it says, and when he had spoken these things, while they beheld it, he was taken up into a cloud and received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfast toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men appeared to them in white apparel. What a wonder. Here these people came, these two men, which were not standing beside him. A wonder. And what did they wear? White. White apparel. You ever been out into the uh, outdoors working and stuff? Your clothes is not going to stay clean. It's not going to be white looking. But the thing is, they realized these are something different. It gave them the wonder. And next thing at the 11th verse, it says, which also said, you men of Galilee, why are you standing up gas, uh, gazing up into heaven, uh, heaven? The same Jesus, which is taken away from you into heaven, shall come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. They return. Then they, re, uh, they return to Jerusalem from the Mount of Olives, which was from Jerusalem, a Sabbath day journey. In other words, there was a certain amount of miles you could walk on the Sabbath day. And that's why they call it a Sabbath day journey. And when they came in, they went into the upper room while both both Peter and James and John and Andrew, Philip and Thomas and Bartholomew and Matthew, James, the son of Ephthia and Simon the Slovite and Judas, the brother of James. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, with his brethren. Now, you notice, as I told you, you want to, get, you want to see signs and wonders work in your ministry? Get closer to Christ. Get closer to Jesus. That's why I said the 14th verse, they were all in one accord, another word, one thought. They were having they all concentrating on one thing, Jesus, and what does the word says, and they made their supplication. And like I tell anybody, you want to get a prayer through, find a woman who knows how to get intercessory prayer through. Us, us men, we have one way, the women have another. And God looks at us as the head, and the head usually moves in logic. But the body, the uh, woman part of us, moves in emotions. God likes emotions when it's from the woman. It don't have to be from us. And it's the man is supposed to be steady trying to figure out God's word and understand so he can teach the woman, teach his kids and everything. So anyway, let's keep on going. In those days, Peter stood up among the midst of the disciples. You notice they didn't call them uh, apostles. But this is for all of us. And said, the number of the names together were about 120. So that shows you it was not the, the apostles only. It was the disciples, one who wants to learn about God's word. Men and brethren, this scripture must need be fulfilled, which the Holy Ghost by the mouth of David spoke concerning Judas, which was a guide, uh, which was guided to, to them that took Jesus. And he was... He was numbered with us and obtained a part of this ministry. So there it is. Judas was saved, but he lost it because you can walk away from Jesus. 
He ain't never leave you. He don't turn around. You can walk away from him. And if you walk away from him, then that means you don't want to be with him. And he will honor your request. Now, this man purchased a field rewarded, uh, with the reward of iniquity and fell headlong. He had bust his, busted asunder in the midst, and his bowels gushed out. Now, a lot of times people say, well, uh, then Judas went out and hung, hung himself. He did. He impaled himself on a sword. That's why his guts busted on out there. But here's what our gospel is. The gospel teaches about future events. It prophesies. And it was known unto the uh, dwellers of Jerusalem, insomuch that the field in the, uh, the proper tongue was called Asidimon, that is to say, the field of blood. For it is written in the book of Psalms. In other words, here it is, I'm telling you, the prophecy. Let his uh, habitation be desolated, and let no man dwell thereof. And his bishop, let it, another take it. In other words, before it happens, it's in Psalms 69, if you look at it in Psalms 109, you can read those things there. Our Bible is prophecy. Jesus is prophecy. Our miracles are of prophecy. It's nothing that we did. It's nothing that we earned. It's prophecy. And if we'll teach people about the prophecy and let them see it for themselves and then show some signs and wonders that's working with you, people will get saved. All right. Yes, Lord. Let me keep going. Wherefore are these people which have company with us at us at all at the time of the Lord Jesus Christ went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John until the day that he was taken up from us, one must be ordained or chosen to be a witness with us of his resurrection. And they appointed two Joseph called but Barsimus who was surnamed Judas, uh, Justus, and Matthias. And they prayed and said, Lord, thou knowest the heart of men. Show rather these two chosen, that he may take up this ministry and apostleship from which Judas transgressed, fell, that he might go to his own place. And that you know, Judas went to hell. And they gave forth their lots, and the lot fell on Matthias, and he was numbered or added to the eleven apostles. So in other words, I try to tell you, there's no more than 12 apostles on this earth at any time. Do we know each other? No. God has his point and what he wanted to do could look like Paul. Paul was chosen to be an apostle, but nobody knew him until about 14 years later. They had heard of him. But see, God does what he wants to do. He is God and we're not. Remember, prophecy, prophecy, prophecy. That's what God operates in. He tells us first before he does anything. The other people that he deals with is prophet. Prophet, prophet, prophet. Prophecy, prophecy, prophecy. You get it? This is how God works with the apostle prophet ministry. So now we're looking for signs. We're looking for wonders. Here's another wonder. Here they, they, uh, the Bible is coming to pass. They had to do what it said. And they're wondering, wait a minute, how did David know these years way before this happened? But according to the scriptures, it happened according to what the word says. Then now we're in Acts 2, and it says, And when the day of Pentecost had come, they were all in, here again, one accord in one place. You want to get 
prayer through, you want to do signs and wonders, get with other believers. He said, I, with uh, two or three, I'll be in the midst, that um, be everything be established out of two or three witnesses. Everything gets happening when there's more one of you. Prayer for one is good, but it's better when you have more and more people. I was doing a deliverance on a person. Now, here's another sign. I mean, another wonder. I was, this demon spoke to me. Now, that's a wonder right there. There's p- people who are not believers see a demon talking to you, and they can tell it's not a, a, that person. It is a demon. If you ever see a demon, you'll know it's a demon. He told me, I don't like you. And I said, well, I don't like you either. And I said, why you don't like me? He said, you cheat. I said, well, how do I cheat? He said, you use more than one person when you're doing deliverance. It got me back to the Bible. It wasn't the devil trying to get me back to the Bible, but God was whooping on him to let him tell me the truth that it's more than one, according to the Bible. For more than one of us, the power increases. It says two can put a thousand to flight, three, ten thousand. Then what if four of us, five of us, more than that? We have more power by we are believers in one accord, in one place. All right? Now, here's another wonder. Then it says, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind and filled the house where they were sitting. And there appeared on, unto them clothing tongues or divided tongues like as of fire. And it set upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost beginning to speak with other tongues or other dialects or other languages as the spirit. Now, there's that. you notice it didn't say Holy Spirit. It says spirit. Remember what I told you all earlier. It means that you've been born again. Your knowledge has been elevated, that you see things in the spiritual understanding instead of the natural or earthly understanding. Earthly things are carnal-minded things or at enmity with God. They're, 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 they won't let you learn. But as you got filled with the Holy Ghost, then you get a higher understanding. And that's why I said, and it gave them utterance. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem uh, Jews, devout men out of every nation under the heaven. What did devout mean? It means righteous or to do what is right. These people did what was right, but they had no power. They had to be born again. The Holy Spirit is what brings your thought life or re- gives you revelation knowledge. Now it says in the sixth verse, and now when they had noticed noise abroad, a multitude came together and they were confounded or disturbed. Because that's what a wonder does. It makes you com- make you wonder, wait a minute, what is this? Because every man heard them speak in his own language. And they were all amazed. That's a wonder. I make you amazed to think and wonder, what is this? According to the Bible. And marveled, saying one to another. In fact, a lot of times when you use the word uh, uh, wonders, another interpretation in Jewish is marvel. Marvel one to another. Behold. Are not these all speak Galilean? How and how hear every man his own language or his dialect where he was born? Then it tells you who the people were from where they were at, 
And then let's get down to, because the word has not changed and neither has the world. Let's get down to the uh, 12th verse. And they all was amazed, wondered, and were in doubt, confused, saying one to another, what means this? What means this? Others mocking, saying, these men are full of new wine. In other words, the world does not understand. Normal, uh, trying to figure out something carnal, you'll never get it. And so they make fun, but they're the people of the world. You're not. If you've been born again, you have an unction that teaches you from the Holy Ghost what is real and what is not. If you don't have that discernment operating, you need to pray for that discernment. Now, just go around and say, well, I, I look at that person, he's evil. I look at this person, boy, he's nice. You don't know what's inside their heart. That's why you've got to spiritually understand this. This is why you have to spiritually receive revelation knowledge. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, faced, lifted up his voice and said unto them, Men of uh, Judea and all that dwell in Jerusalem, this be known unto you. Hearken or listen to my words. But those are not drunken, as you suppose, seeing this is but the third hour of the day. What is the third hour of the day? 9 p.m., 9 a.m., 9 a.m. So they were saying, look, Paul, I mean, Peter was saying, that, hey, look, it's too early in the morning. These people are not drunk. But they're, uh, the 15th verse, I mean the 16th verse, but this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel, prophecy, wonders, prophecy. And it came to pass in the last days, said God, I will pour out my spirit, a revelation knowledge upon all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall what? Prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servant and on my handmaiden, I will pour out in those days of my spirit, they shall prophesy. You notice how spirit and prophecy go together. Spirit, prophecy. Understanding knowledge, understanding revelation knowledge, thinking about things that's going to happen in the future, and when they come to pass, you you wonder, whoa, that's what the Bible said, but I didn't believe it, but here it is. Then the 19th verse says, I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness. That's going to happen. Is a day is coming. It's going to be a three days of darkness. The sun's not going to shine. Has that ever happened before? Yes, in the book of Joshua. That's why I said the Bible always interprets itself. All you have to do is just search it for yourself, and you'll see it. And the moon into blood before the great and noble day of the Lord cometh. What is the blood of the moon or the moon of blood? It's what they call... Uh, uh, certain uh, times and seasons that the uh, full moon appears when it shouldn't be. That's another wonder. Well, how is that? Because God knows everything before it happens. And we have had several blood moons. You've heard uh, uh, his name. He's down there in Texas, uh, John Hagee. John Hagee teaches about that. Uh, uh, Jonathan Kahn, he teaches about blood moon. So if you don't know what a blood moon is, Look it up for yourself. Go on the Internet. Go on the YouTube so that you will understand. See, my people perish for lack of knowledge. 
And God doesn't want us to be ignorant. He wants us to be knowledgeable. But it's only for those that hunger and thirst after righteousness, only those that seek God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. It's only for them that are not lazy. God hates lazy people. So it's our job to search these things out, search out a matter, and find out what does this really mean? What does this mean for me, and what does it mean for my family? And can it help me? All right. The 22nd verse, you men of Israel, hear these words, Jesus of Nazareth, a man. It didn't say God does it. It says a man approved of God among you by miracles and signs and wonders, which God did by him in the midst of you, as you yourself know. In other words, God wants us to be like his son. He said, come and, he said hear you him, and Jesus said, come follow me. And he lets you know that man, a man, you're a man, we're born of the earth, and that we can move in these miracles and wonders and signs, which God did with him. In other words, the Holy Spirit, when it's in you, it operates according to the word. If you can believe what you say, which the Holy Spirit is saying through you, it shall happen. When I get ready to pray for somebody, I can't have doubt in my mind and unbelief. God does not move in doubt and unbelief. A lot of times people say, well, if you show me a miracle, then I'll believe it. No, he said, believe for a miracle and I'll show it to you. People are always wondering, I need money, I need money, I need this, I need that. If you're willing to believe what his word says, that my God shall supply all of my need according to his riches and glory. And if you notice, he didn't say Jesus Christ, it says Christ Jesus. That's a, a reason for that. As I say, there's signs and wonders and miracles that you have to have knowledge, supernatural knowledge to understand. To give you an, uh, the answer to that, when it says Christ Jesus, it means from heaven down comes your answer. When it says Jesus Christ, it means from the earth going up to heaven to put in your supplication. So every time God answers, it's Christ Jesus. When you pray up, it's Jesus Christ. We are the earth. We are made of the earth. But because we are born again of the Spirit of God, then our Holy Spirit can say prayers that we cannot pray, that we cannot understand, and it will reach the throne room of God, and God will answer that prayer. Then it says, the 24th verse, it says, Whom God has raised up, has loosened from the pain of death, because it was not possible that he should be holden, of it. In other words, death couldn't hold him. And David speaking concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he is on my right hand that I should not be moved. Why did he say right hand? The uh, uh, the right hand, I mean the right part of the brain is supposed to be uh, logic. It's the left side of the brain, which is emotion. So in other words, he was trying to say that God is always with me. If I use my understanding of the spiritual aspect, God is not going to leave me. He's going to be with me. Therefore, I'm going to hear his voice. I'm going to understand what he's telling me. I'm going to be, let's just read that in a second. Therefore, did my heart rejoice and my tongue was glad. Moreover, also my flesh shall rest in hope. In other words, when you start understanding the word of God and it becomes real to you, Jesus becomes real to you. 
then all of a sudden you got joy, unspeakable joy. You're rejoicing. Even in the midst of trouble, you have peace when nobody else has peace. You're not scared and running around like, oh, what's going to happen next? How am I going to eat tomorrow? How am I going to eat what I'm going to wear tomorrow? What am I going to get some water at? Where am I going to get this? Where am I going to get that? No, you relax and hope. And your hope rests in Jesus and not in the flesh. Jesus is the word. The more you read the word, the more you have more power in in the power of the word. Because thou will not leave my soul in hell, neither will thou suffer thy holy one to see corruption. In other words, he said, well, let me finish that last part. Thou hast made known unto me the ways of life. Chet, chet, that's the Hebrew word, chet. Thou shalt make me full of joy with thy continence. Another word for continence is presence. Another word for presence is a angel's name, Uriel. It means the presence of God. If you notice, God always sends his angels to help us if we're willing to believe. And as, once, as I tell people, you know, I'd rather die from all the stuff I go through and stuff. I'm trying to die. Listen, if you ain't born again, you're going the way to hell. But if you're born again, you know, if, you, if your life is taken from you, you're going to be rewarded. All right. Then you notice that part in the 27 said, he will not leave my soul in hell. In other words, your body is not going to receive corruption. So what is, how long is, what does it mean by that? It, it's a, a number is what God uses. He uses numbers. It means that you will not, because the body doesn't decay until after the third day. So he cannot be in hell more than three days. That's why he said, I'll be there three days and three nights. But I will rise from the dead. And he did according to the scriptures, which was the prophecy, which it did say. And it says, 29, it says, men and brothers, let me freely speak unto you the patriot David. He is both dead and buried, and his scepter, or his grave, is with us until this day. Therefore, being a prophet, and knowing that God has sworn with an oath unto him that the fruit of his loins, according to the flesh, he would rise up Christ to sit on his throne. He, seeing this before, spoke of the resurrection of Christ, that his soul would not be left in hell, neither his flesh see corruption. See, not only did he, he read you the prophecy, he explained, Peter explained the prophecy. This is what we're trying to move into, signs and wonders. As I told you, there is no formula, there is no, no uh, ritual you have to do, your thing is to spend time with Jesus so you get to know him. You start reading, start studying. The closer he brings you, then you'll move in some of these things that I'm getting ready to talk about in a few minutes. Anybody got any uh, questions? Uh, this is uh, a call-in program. Will you, sister, will you give him the number and stuff? Call-in number is 646-595-5555. And press one if you want to speak. Do you have a question? Right. I don't have uh, any questions. Do you have any? Okay. <laughs> no, I'm, well, I'm enjoying this. I never realized well, I about the question. Mm-hmm. A lot of times we don't get our prayers answered because we don't understand it. It's a spiritual understanding. When you pray for something for God, then be willing to accept whatever 
His will is. If his will is to heal you, you will be healed. If his will is not to heal you right now, you won't be healed right now. But he will eventually heal you. I'm, right now, I've been in pain from my hip for the last, oh, four years. And of, as of uh, a time, I just got to coming down from Florida, praying, praying down there. My pain has went to 50%. And in fact, about it's even less than that right now. I'm able to stand when I wasn't able to. Why? Because there's certain things you're going to go through in life, and if you will understand, suffering is a part of life. Paul was sick. Uh, his friend was sick. A lot of preachers that have very supernatural healing ministry are sick themselves. But it's because we're going through a test. Are we going to give up if God doesn't heal us? Am I going to give up if I'm a believer and I don't receive everything that God I praise God for? The Bible even lets you know that there was some who died in the faith. It's in Hebrews, about the 13th chapter. They died in the faith, not receiving the promise. But see, you get a greater promise. If, if God doesn't give you what he's supposed to have right now, hey, just think about what he got for you for eternity. Shortness here. We only hear it for less than 120 years. But eternity is forever. I'd rather have go through things now to know when I'm going up there, my reward is there. Jesus is there. He loves me. I done pleased him. The flesh I had to put down. And the flesh is not just the body, but it means ego. You got to crucify your ego daily. That's why so many people have proud spirits, and a lot of people in the churches, and including some of the pastors, I ain't seen all, including some of the pastors, they have what they call a religious spirit. And they have no power. God will work around you. He, he doesn't need you to work a miracle. Let me give you some examples. I was down in uh, Paducah, uh, Kentucky, and this lady came to my room, her and her husband and son, and they wanted me to pray for her because she was in pain, back trouble. And so as she was getting me, wanting me to pray for her, I said, okay. She said, well, I got to go to the bathroom. I said, well, go to the bathroom and come back. As she went to the bathroom, I started praying. And I said, Lord, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to tell her to do? He said, nothing. He said, I'm going to do it without you to let people know I don't need y'all, but y'all need me. She came back into the room. She said, I'm ready for, ready for you to pray for me now. I said, nope, God told me not to pray for you. He said he's already did it. She didn't ask questions. She bent over in faith and touched her toes, and her husband said, she can't do that. She can't do that. She was steady twisting and turning. Her son even said, mom can't do that. But what? God don't need us. That's the thing. We need him. He enjoys working with us, but he can work without us. He didn't use us to, to part the Red Sea for Moses. He parted it himself. He didn't need Moses to put fire uh, around them to protect the children of Israel. He did it himself. He doesn't need us. We need him. But here's some more uh, wonders. I was sitting at uh, uh at a man's house, and as we were sitting there, all of a sudden this spirit took control over him. I'm looking at him, and I could see we hadn't prayed or anything. We are just talking. 
I'm seeing this face in this man's face. And if any of y'all ever watched Batman, they had this thing called the Joker. And he had, it was Keith Fletcher was playing it. And the lipstick on him was crooked. This is what I saw in this man's face. And then all of a sudden, it's, it's like we're talking, one conversation, it was this man talking. Then I asked that, I said, who are you? And he told me, you ain't got enough power to get my name. I said, I'm going to ask you again, who are you? He said, you ain't got enough power to get my name. And I'm looking at this thing and seeing this on this man's face. So I started praying and quoting scriptures and everything, and the Lord spoke to me. Why? Because I spent time studying the word. I used to be in the public library before computers came out, 14, sometimes 12 to 14 hours a day studying the word of God. That's because I wanted to know him. I wanted to be close with him. And the more you study, the powerful you become because he draws closer to you. So I started beating up on this thing with scriptures, and finally the Lord told me, he said, and don't, there's another one in there who's hiding. And I, I took my Bible because the Bible, the cross, the water, and the word, they all work together. I took my Bible and I, I took a scripture out of uh, Ecclesiastes where a three-court fold is not easily broken, and I bind it. I wrote it around. I bind whatever this spirit is to uh, mockery. And mockery said, how did you know I was in here? See, I'm talking to two different spirits. These are what they call wonders. Well, uh, you don't want to talk to demons. No, I don't want to talk to demons. But you got to get information from them. It's just like everything that's here on the earth came from heaven first. They had a war in heaven. The Bible tells us that. They capture prisoners. They get answers from them. We on the earth, we capture prisoners. And I used to be in the Army. I was in Vietnam twice. And we would interrogate our prisoners to find out what their strength is, where the rest of the unit is, so we could protect ourselves. And we're still in a war down here, a spiritual war here. And so that's the only reason we talk. We don't ask them if they're having a good day. We don't talk to them and say, well, how's this and how's that? No. Our job is to get information and get the thing out. That's why when Jesus was uh, uh, in the garden, of, uh, in, that, uh, in the uh, graveyard, and this thing came out, and they worshipped him. There was two of them, if you really look in the Bible. It wasn't the one man that got a uh, demoniac. There was two of them. But only one got delivered. But they both came there, and they were worshipping him and all this. And then the demon said, did you come here to torment us before the time? And Jesus tried to cast it out, and it didn't come out. And he tried several times more, and it did not come out. And finally, the demon started, hey, let's make a deal. If you'll let us uh, go into the swine, don't send us out of the country, don't don't uh, uh, do the other things to us, but just send us into the swine, we will come out. The reason is when you're doing deliverance, just remember this, there is more than one kingdom in there. It could be 20 kingdoms. It could be 2,000 different kingdoms, and you can't cast them out all at the same time. You have to cast out kingdoms one at a time. And so the demons knew they were all going to be cast out eventually. So they made a deal, and Jesus 
beating cast about, he said, go. And they came out of the man, and they entered into the pigs. And that's when the pigs ran down the hill and killed themselves. And when the people came in from uh, the city, they found the man clothed and in his right mind. But you got to remember, the world is against people who do deliverance. The people of the world don't like you. Because what did they do with Jesus? They didn't come celebrating and everything. They said, will you leave? Get out of our land. Get away from us. That's the we same do have thing. a call, Pastor James. Okay. We have a call if you want Go to ahead. take it. Let me open your mic. Erica913, what is your question? Your mic is open. Yes, uh, Pastor James, what is the greatest miracle that you've ever seen? Okay, the greatest miracle I ever seen was uh, this man came to my house, and as he was, his mother had sent him here because she said there was something in him. He's about 50-some years old. And so what we do is called curse breaking and stronghold breaking. And as we started praying for them, all of a sudden he manifested the spirit, and I said, what is your name? And like most of them, they always try to fool you and say, well, you ain't got enough power. You don't have enough power. I said, okay. Uh, I started praying and stuff. I'm making a long story short. He said, now I'll show you what I got. And he moved his hand straight up over his head. And as he moved his hand, the sky went completely dark. The birds stopped singing. And two tornadoes appeared uh, about 10 miles down the road over my house. I could see it. Then he said, now, what can you do? Now, that was one of the greatest miracles I'd ever seen because I had to ask the Lord. I said, I need help. I need help. And the Lord gave me the uh, angel's name, and I sent that angel to him. And that angel beat him up, and finally he told me his name was Artemis. He said he was the king of the demons. That was one of the greatest miracles I've ever seen of a person getting free because after that day came out, his friend who was with him was an atheist. He got saved. So two miracles in one day, plus, as I say, somebody getting saved, that was the greatest miracle of them all. Thank you, sir. Uh, I also have another question, sir. When you say the word okay. manifest, what do you mean that he manifest? Okay. Manifestation means that this person, uh, demeanor changed. Sometimes it could be in his face, it could be in the eyes, it could be his voice. I've heard uh, men voices coming out of women. I've heard women voices coming out of men. So a manifestation can be anything that uh, that comes up with a different demeanor, like it could be growling, it could be barking, it could be uh, making all kinds of noise. So those are what we call manifestation, and that's not the limited. It can be a lot more than that. Any more questions, sir? Uh, have, what, have you ever seen bodily contortions of people that manifest? Okay. As I say, we, uh, on the manifestation, it could be more than one thing. So, yes, I've seen a person's head turn 180. I've been with people that levitated off the floor. I've been with people where their house, the weapons, uh, I said weapons, I mean like knives and forks started floating through the air. So those are some of the manifestations that I've seen. 
Now, when you say levitate, how how far did they come up off the ground? Uh, they came off the ground approximately about, oh, I give about a, a foot, about okay. a foot, and they and when it happened to them, they wasn't here at the house per se. She was at a restaurant, and as she walked past this woman, the woman looked at her like she didn't, you know, just for some reason she just hated her. So she looked back at the lady in hate, like, "What? Who are you? Think you are?" And about that time, that lady pointed at her, and she levitated this woman off the ground. She said, "When she got, got back on the ground, she could feel she felt nothing but pure duty, evil in herself." And that's when she looked for me, an exorcist. Hmm. Uh. Hmm. Uh, what kind of restaurant was this? Uh, it sounds like one I want to stay away from. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. Well, believe it or not, uh, I'm in California, but there's a person that was just here, and I'm not going to say the restaurant, but this just happened recently. This man and uh, a friend of his and this family he went to a restaurant to eat, and while they were eating, the lady manifested in the booth. And so... They tried. They didn't know what to do, so they was trying to get her out, and she finally just laid down in the middle of the floor and refused to move. They had to drag her out, and the guy that was with him, now he had some problems, but he had them before then. But it it became even more apparent. So he looked this up, and so he's going through deliverance now. Have have you ever had anybody uh, try to get uh, violent with you during their deliverance? And how did you deal with it? Okay, has anybody ever got violent with me? And the answer is yes. But because of what I do about using the scriptures, the scriptures is real. And that we, we do what they call, we draw a bloodline between me and that person or me and that devil or my people that's helping doing deliverance between them that the devil cannot cross the bloodline. The more you understand about the authority that you have when you speak, the more power that you have against the kingdom of darkness. Now, I had other people that were doing deliverance, and they got hit. I've got people, uh, a lady that swung at me. She threw a chair at me once, and the air, everybody that was here saw the, air, the chair stop in midair and came down. It didn't touch me. And I raised my hand up to pray, and as soon as I did, the power of God hit her completely against the door of my house. And she told me I slapped her, but I had enough witnesses. I wasn't even close to her. So as I said, there's a lot of times you're going to go through something. You're going to have things that's going to try to scare you. I've had uh, people who said that that the devil uh, evaded them at night. In fact, just recently uh, an apostle gave me a call and tell me that the devil tried to attack him in bed. But as I say, the more you you study the scripture, the stronger you are. The more you study the scripture, the closer you are to Jesus. And when you're walking with the, our Lord, he provides more power that where you can speak with authority. He's not going to do all our fighting. He wants us to fight with authority. And if there's no doubt that the devil's going to get whooped, the demons are going to get whooped. Whatever I'm fighting is going to get whooped. It's going to be whooped. But if I doubt in unbelief, it's not going to happen. Um, so, Pastor James, how how do you grow 
in your belief, in belief? <laughs> well, I'm glad you asked that. The way you grow in your belief is one way. Believe for what you can't believe for. You've got to believe for what you cannot believe for. To give you an example, I was down there in uh, South Carolina, and a young man came up to me and asked me that exact same question. How do you make your, your faith grow? And I told him that exact thing. I got through preaching and stuff, and I said, who all wants a miracle? And a lot of people raising their hand. So I said, uh, what do you, you know, I asked the first person, I said, what do you want? She said, I got a back problem. And I said, okay. I said, just sit there, don't do nothing. And I just waved my hand. She didn't get healed. I said, what, you don't feel any better? She said, nope. So I said, well, come on up here. So she came on up. I physically touched her and prayed for her. She still didn't get healed. I said, well, maybe the Lord's going to heal you later on. I don't know. So she went to sit down. So the lady raised her hand up and said, what do you want? She said, I have, I have a hard time seeing. I want my eyes to be healed. I said, well, come on up here. I laid hands and prayed for her. And I said, can you read? She said, nope. I prayed a second time. She still couldn't read. I said, well, maybe the Lord will heal you a little bit better because if you're looking for me to do the healing, I, I'm not the healer. Jesus is. And the next five people that came up asked for healing of their eyes, nobody got healed. Then the devil started talking to me. He said, look at you. You're praying for people and nobody getting healed. And look at that. You're destroying their faith. And look at you. You're you're hurting too, and you ain't healed, and you want those people to believe that they, they God heals. Then I remember what the young man said. Uh, how do you make your faith grow? And I said, you got to believe for what you can't believe for. Now, I said, all right, is there anybody else? See, I could have stopped. But I'm believing that God is who he says he is. He answers prayer, and I know that he's, he's a healer. So this lady came up. And I said, what do you want prayer for? And she said, I can't see hardly. I need prayer, too, for my eyes. Now, all those others that came up there and nobody got healed. This lady that had a back problem didn't get healed. And I'm still, I told the devil, I said, I don't care. I'm still preaching, and I still believe it. I prayed for her. She started crying. I said, what's wrong? She said, I can read. And about that time, six of the other people's eyes popped over, and they were able to see. But the person with the back problem was still in pain. And I said, well, uh, I, I prayed for you, and I don't know why the Lord didn't heal you. Then my assistant that was with me, he said, you know why she ain't got healed? I said, no, she got tattoos. People don't, a lot of people don't know. Tattoos bring curses. Especially you go into these parlor, you're doing a blood sacrifice to a demon named Moloch. So I had her to renounce that, that curse that was on her life and to rebuke it and repent and never get another, another uh, tattoo. And as soon as we did, her back got healed. So that's how you develop your faith. You got to believe for what you cannot believe for. If you want to pray for somebody who's got a back problem, you got to believe, even though you don't see how it's going to happen, that they'll get healed. Did I answer your question? Yes, you did, sir. Okay. Well, Dorothy, do you have any questions? No, I'm good. I'm good. Um, those tattoo things are, are bad. So many people have them, and they don't realize what they're doing. 
I know. They say, well, that's in the Old Testament. But see, the Old Testament is where it tells you about the, the uh, demigods like Moloch and uh, Jezebel and uh, Mammon and all these other stuff. They haven't changed. The Bible hasn't changed. They're, we're still fighting the same enemy. He is Satan. He is Lucifer. He is the devil. He is demons. We're still fighting them, and we have to fight them the way God says. If he says, do not mark your body, that means no tattoos, especially for the dead. But people will do it anyway. Well, they're looking for a legal right. Oh, let me. maybe God didn't mean what he said. Yes, he does. Well, maybe he didn't mean it exactly the way you understand. Yes, he did. That's why I don't pray for so many thousands of people who have tattoos, and they got healed after we broke the curses. So as I say, I think it's in Leviticus on the, uh, it talks about the uh, tattoos and stuff. Now, you can read one interpretation, which is called the uh, King James Version or the New King James, but then you can read it somewhere else to where it gets down to our language, where we can really understand it says the word tattoos instead of a cutting into the skin. It, it, it physically says tattoos. Don't get them. Now, if anybody's in the Kansas City area, this is where I stay at. And if uh, you go to Bob Larson Ministries, and contact them out of uh, Denver, Colorado, and they'll get us get you in hold of anyone who does deliverance because there's so many people out there hurting that needs help. And this is the way you get it, by through Bob Larson Ministries. We have uh, ministries in Australia, England, Africa, uh, Bahamas. In the United States, we have like, oh, 20 to 25 different uh, churches that do deliverance. So anybody out there? Okay, we've help. got another caller. We've got another caller. All right. All right. Area code seven eight five. Your mic is open. Go ahead. I, he's been trying to get through. He keeps getting in and then dropping. Okay. Okay. Hi. Hello. I was uh, calling to um, ask why isn't the church? Um, doing what the Acts of the Apostles did. Why is the Holy Spirit not operating in the power that it did um, back then? Okay. The power of the Holy Spirit is still still is strong and is stronger even during our time. But the mainstream church is all about what is it going to profit me? And will the devil bother me? So they're scared of the devil, and that's one of his main weapons, to be scared. And faith and fear cannot work together. So a lot of times, our churches, when you ask about uh, do you do deliverance, it's all all you have to do is pray and fast, and that's all. But they had a young man here in Kansas City at a church, and the mother called in and said, my son just levitated. I need help. She called the pastor. The pastor said, I'll get back with you. A week later, she still the pastor still ain't called her back. She ended up calling me. And because her pastor said, well, you need to stay away from people like that, even though he wouldn't help her, he didn't do it. And there's a lot of churches like that. They do not want the power of the Holy Spirit moving into their church. They want to move 
by saying, well, this is God. He wants to prosper you to get a new house, a new car, uh, uh, to live better and everything. You know, it, it takes about the body. It is all about me. It, the ego is all about me. And God is not going to show his power into that kind of a church. So if we can just get people to turn around, turn around from the, the fake preaching, the fake teaching, the Bible talks about that. They said he was with us, but they're not doing the same thing that we do. Get away from those churches and get to a church that's willing to believe. Did I answer your question? Yes, thank you. You have any more questions? Well, I I really struggle with that in today's society because so many people aren't trying to um, do what Jesus did. And how do you get the churches to start living the Gospels? Well, that's the thing. You know, the Bible tells us, it says, broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many it's talking about churches, pastors, teachers, a lot of false prophets out here. But it says few, few finds the straight and narrow, and only a few find their way in. In other words, you've got to look for the, the church. You've got to look for the mm-hmm. church, and the church means the church means a body of believers, mm-hmm. somebody mm-hmm. who believes the same way you do. But if you don't find the person that believes the way you're doing you're fighting, you're, they're fighting against you. You can say, well, That's I right. believe God's going to heal me. And another person says, I don't believe that. The thing okay. is, it's the opposite of what you want. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. So did I answer your question? Yes. All right. Well, God bless you and keep you. Let his face shine on you and give you shalom. All right. Anyone else, Dorothy, before I start back to the teaching? There's one person, but they haven't pressed the one, so I'm thinking they just want to listen. Okay. Area code 443, if you want to talk to Pastor, please press the one, and I'll see it come up. And All right. I want to thank those people that called. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. Okay. Okay, 443, your mic's open. Good afternoon. Hello. Area code area code four four three. Your mic is open if you have a question. Hmm. Are you there? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I had it oh my goodness, I had it on mute. I'm I apologize. Um <laughs> excuse me. Happy New Year to both of you. Well, Happy New Year to Thank you, too. Thank you. So I heard the pastors talk about um, back problems and tattoos. Um, I've had, I was diagnosed with uh, degenerative splenosis, and um, it's just progressively gotten worse. Now, I had mm-hmm. um, actually uh, two tattoos. It was a long time ago. Um, so I know it doesn't matter how small or how large, but these are just actually eyeliner so um mm-hmm. like yeah um and i've repented for that i've repented and so uh, what, what 
what what can I do? I've fasted. I mean, I've fasted for a number of reasons and trying to get close to the Lord. Um, any suggestions as far as what I can do to um, have this healed? Okay. I had a young man come to our church, and he came on, on July the 22nd. I'll never forget. He came in there. He could hardly move. He'd had every kind of surgery on his back that you could think of. Mm. He was in a lot of pain. He had been yes. in pain uh, three years and 15 years chronic pain. Yes. He could hardly even get out of the bed. Yes. When he came to the church, we found out that he had a tattoo. So mm. we broke the curse of the tattoo, even though it's been a long time ago, and it was just one little tattoo, and it was uh, it's just the name that was written on him. We battled that thing for four and a half hours, and once we got Gracious. to battle, that thing came out. When we Gracious. when that thing finally came out, four and a half hours, it uh, the name of that spirit was called Jezebel, and she had a hook. She said that she'd had a hook in him for the longest, but she didn't materialize until after the tattoo. Wow! And so demons are demons are tricky. They don't always attack you right then. They can wait 10, 20 years. There's no such thing as time with them. And so yes. one of the first things you do is what you did was uh, go ahead and break the curse. Now, I have a special way of doing it. What mm-hmm. we do is that we'll pray you with frankincense. We put frankincense and myrrh and olive on a person because that's what Jesus had, frankincense, myrrh, and olive oil. Okay. Mm-hmm. So then we do what we call a curse-breaking prayer. And it's a, it's a repentant prayer where you tell the Lord, look, I did not know this was a, a curse because a lot of times when people go to the tattoo parlors and stuff or wherever they're going, they don't know. They're getting a blood sacrifice to a demon. And right. I said, I that demon's that. name is Moloch. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Oh, my goodness. So, mm-hmm. And so what this we do like is we 20... break those... Um, I'm sorry, this is like 22 years ago. It was a long Doesn't time ago, and I didn't know. I Yeah, I know, but that's just to say, I, I mean, I didn't know that was a blood sacrifice. Mm-hmm. That's why the Bible says that my people perish for lack of knowledge. Mm-hmm. And that's what well, I walk down that road. If we don't know. <laughs> I hear we all have. Right. So, this is... Uh, Main thing is try to find some place in your area that does deliverance, that know how to break curses. Because I've seen people, I've seen blind eyes open, deaf ears open. The Bible is right, is real. The Bible is right, yes. and all the rest of yes. people are wrong. Bless the Lord, I've seen, yes. I've seen scoliosis healed. I've seen, uh, what's that, uh, the blood disease. Uh, lupus, I've seen that healed. You name it, I've seen just about everything healed. I even seen a lady's leg that was shorter than the other one grow out, and they, they and it showed it, it showed them that it was nothing I did or anything. I just had her put her feet in my hand, and I didn't wow. touch her. I didn't put my arm around her or anything. And as we were praying, nothing happened. Then I said, "Hey, man!" Her leg jumped out and scared her. Mm. <laughs> mm. Bless the Lord. But yeah, so. Uh, the, I was wondering, could you possibly um, pray for me? So my doctor, my orthopedic surgeon, 
told me just straight up, um, there's nothing I can do. I can't even do surgery on you because this, there's nothing to operate on. And I really no. respected him for that because um, I wasn't, I really didn't want to go under the knife. Um, now, here, well, that, with that, same thing with that young man, and he's lifting weights now. <laughs> you ought to see him. He's buffed. Wow. <laughs> so, wow. Uh, what, is, uh, what city do you stay in? I'm in, I'm right outside of D.C. Oh, okay. I'm outside of D.C. And I'm kind of in a situation where I don't have a car. I'm, I'm, I've been trying to apply for my disability. I've been getting the runaround on that. And um, I don't have a vehicle, so it's really kind of hard for me to get around. I don't know of any, even though I grew up here, I'm kind of new back to the area. I don't know of any deliverance churches around here. Okay. Mm -hmm. I hear you. Uh, Let me see something right quick. Because I tell people, if you get healed, Jesus did it. If you don't get healed, Amen. Jesus did it. Amen. So let's let's do some curse breakings right quick, and then we'll see if the Lord will take that. Are you in any kind of pain right now? I'm typically uh, it's it's a it's a moderate pain, um, but I really have to watch what I do. So to answer your question, it's kind of like an underlining pain all the time, and I can't I lift. I can't. I really have to baby this thing. Okay. Well, mm-hmm. let's, let's break curses right now. I want you to Thank repeat you. after me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus Christ. Dear Lord Jesus Christ. I did not know. I did not know. Tattoos bring curses. That tattoos bring curses. That it's a blood sacrifice. That it's a blood sacrifice. To a demon named Moloch. To a demon named Moloch. I now repent. And I repent, Lord. And I break all those curses. And I break all of those curses. And I thank you for hearing my prayer. Thank you so much for hearing my prayer. And I'll never do it again. And I won't do it again. All right. Yeah, I'm going to speak over you. You don't do anything. I'll do it, okay? Father, as I come before the throne room of grace and mercy and peace and love and the Holy Spirit, thanking you for this day that you have made, that we will rejoice and be glad in it. I want the people that's listening to agree with me. I now break the curses off my friend here. In Jesus' name, I throw those curses to the pit. I break the strongholds off of her right now. I throw that to the pit in the mighty name of Jesus. I draw the sign of the cross over it. I also put the blood of Jesus Christ against it. And I ask you right right now, Father, that you send ministering angels to her. I ask for... Uh, five ministering angels to be sent to her. I ask from the, the, the heavens of God to send Archangel Michael, Raphael, Gabriel, Uriel, and Remiel. In other words, I, I send the one like God. I send the messenger of God. I speak the healing of God. I speak the presence of God. And I think I talk that spirit, that one that has control over the luminaries to destroy the works of the devil right now. I ask you to take the sword of the spirit and start cutting off the Nephilim's head or hold it up as a trophy to the most high God. I speak to the body to be made shaft, which the Holy Spirit blows away. I come against Aou. 
and all other pain right now. I come against sickness and disease. I bind everyone, named and unnamed, under the authority of the word of God. I pull it tight according to uh, uh, Ecclesiastics 4 and 12 with a three-chord fold. I take them and put them in dry places right now. I take away their power, thrones, dominions, and principalities of evil and dark. I cast that away and put it into the pit, and I have the angels encamp about my friend right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, I thank you because you do hear our prayer. I ask you to remove that thing from her right now. Let her see that she's being healed and delivered right now. Pain, flee. Now, in Jesus' name. How's your pain? Where's your pain? Um, right now, I, it's it's in the um, small of my back, so this has affected my L2 through L5 and my S1. Okay. Father, you heard her petition right now. I asked you to heal those parts right now. I'm asking you to destroy the works of the devil and for your manifestation of love, joy, and peace in the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I thank you because I know you hear our prayer. Amen. Now check your pay. Where's your pain? Can we pray for restoration of her spine? Okay. Restoration of her spine. It's a degenerative disease, so her her spine is rotting. Basic. Okay, so because I've got the same thing. I know. (laughs) Okay, but I want to. Do you feel any better right now? Because I see. I wanted to make sure our prayer is getting through right now. Um, you know, it, it, it seems like some of the pressure came off. Okay. Yeah. Because see what we're going at. We're going after the demon that caused this. That's why we don't go after the little thing. We go after what is causing this. All right. Let's one more time because that's it. Goes saying I'm one of the people that I know it happens. That miracles happen. And as I said, most time it's a it's a war. So we battle like four hours. But I don't have four hours right now. To, to be with you, but I want you to be better, and then you start thanking God. You said uh, L5, which which was it again? L2 through L5 and S1. Okay. So it's, it's just pretty much my whole lumbar and my S1, okay. my sacral. I, mm-hmm. I just want you to repeat that to me. Dear Lord Jesus Christ. Dear Lord Jesus Christ. You are my healer. You are my healer. And I'm asking you right now. And I'm asking you right now. To heal me. To heal me. In the Holy Spirit. In the Holy Spirit. Spirit, soul, and body. Spirit, soul, and body. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Amen. Now clap your hands. Because when you clap your hands, you bring in your angels that's assigned to you. Yes. It's just like your fingerprints. Everybody has their own individual fingerprints. When you clap your hands, you have your own individual uh, frequency. And that's what gets your prayers ahead of everybody else. Because a lot of people Um, don't know that. I don't know that. Now, how do you feel? Huh? Um, I said, thank you for that information. <laughs> mm-hmm. So how um, do you feel now? Where's the pain? I, I don't feel any pain right now. 
Amen. Now, see, that's the Amen. other part. Amen. Got, don't say any. Don't say any more right now. You don't feel any pain. Either you feel it, or you don't feel it. I don't feel so any pain. It, Amen. There you go. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap. Yes. Amen. Yes. Well, you Thank have a you blessed Lord. day, and Amen. Because Jesus is the healer. He is. It's all about spending time in the Word, understanding the Word. For my people perish for lack of knowledge. That means they didn't understand. So when you understand, all of a sudden you get revelation knowledge, and God moves according to that revelation knowledge. He loves people that wants to learn about him. I do. I I have a hunger for him. Um, So, sir, could you pray just to cap it off for um, the, the seal of my restoration? The seal of your restoration? Well, um, yeah, just, um, I mean, I want to thank him for this. Thank you, Father God. And and where two or more are gathered, you are present. And um, thank you for the brother and my sister and and coming together for this healing in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now say amen. You got to say amen. Amen. So be it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, see, amen means more than just one thing. A lot of times the, the Bible teachers, they teach you that it means so be it. But in Hebrew, it means it's the truth. Mm. And who is the truth? Jesus is truth. So when you say you say your prayer and you say amen, you're saying actually emit, is that's the word for Hebrew. It means truth, truth. Mm. And so when it says when the sun sets you free, you're free indeed. It means the truth which is Jesus. Jesus said, I am the truth. The truth makes you free. So one of the things is never when you get ready, oh, I don't feel no pain right now because what you did, you gave the uh, opening for that thing to attack in the future. But as you said, I I don't feel it. I'm healed. Then you cut off his future attack. So always remember that when you're praying. When you're praying for somebody, don't pray for them if it be God's will. Well, God's will is to heal. But it's up to God when it's going to happen. Sometimes it happens right away. Sometimes it, it takes, well, like as I told you, with that young man, it took four and a half hours. And he, that was over three years ago, just about. And he still healed as of today. As I tell you, he done went out and started lifting weights. I wish I could show a picture of him. He used to travel with me. And I mean, his name is Gary. And uh, the boy's got muscles everywhere. <laughs> All right, well, God. God bless you, and I hope to talk to you. I hope you'll be listening again. I Any will. more Thank that you we got? So okay. God bless. God bless you. Mm-hmm. Do God we have any more time. questions? Huh? No. That's it. I'm about yeah, to. Did, co- I'm did. about to close your mic. Do you have any more questions? No, ma'am. Um, both of you, uh, blessings to you, and thank you so much. Thank you for your prayer and intercession, and God bless you. Amen. You remember Jesus did Amen. it. Amen. Yes, yes. Amen. Thank you. All right. Now, if y'all notice what I've been teaching, that uh, the wonders is the, uh, is the prophecy. Everything is about prophecy in the Bible. After a while, you'll start looking, and you'll see, as it said in that 22nd verse, or chapter 2, and we're still in Acts, chapter 2, and the 22nd verse, you men of Israel, hear these words, Jesus of Nazareth, 
That means he set himself apart. That's what Nazareth means, set apart. Amen. Approved of God. It didn't say uh, a, a God. It said amen. In other words, he said these are open to us too, among you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you, as you yourself know. Him being delivered to the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, prophecy, you have, has taken and by wicked hands has crucified and slain, whom God has raised, raised up and has loosened his pain of death, because it was not possible that he should be holding to it. If you get the closer you get to the Spirit of God, the more strength you have. Even if you're going through pain like Paul, he got stoned, Jesus got whipped, uh, another disciple got set in boiling water, another one got uh, his back raked open and stuff, one got killed in front of people by being stoned, it doesn't matter. You get your reward because you went through and didn't give up. It's the person who goes all the way to the end that prospers. It's the one who doesn't give up. Even though you're going through some things, a lot of times people, well, I'm tired of going through this. I'm tired of going through that. Listen, if Jesus had to go through it all the way through death, who are you? If Paul had to be stoned and everything, who are you? If all the disciples except one died a horrible death, who are you? I keep trying to tell you, this is nothing but a test. This is, and the reason that we have this test is because there was a war in heaven. God said, I'll never have another war. Those that want to make it to heaven is because they want to be with him and they were willing to suffer. The Bible teaches that if you're willing to suffer with me, then you'll reign with me. But if you're not willing to suffer, then you're not willing to reign with me. But yes, there are of refreshing. That's what the Bible's all about. It tells you there are times of refreshing. In other words, there's going to be some days that you'll never, you won't go through anything. Everything you look at is going to be a blessing. Everything you say is going to turn your way. But then there's also going to be those days when it looks like all hell is breaking loose, and you'll be wondering, where is the Lord during this time? He's still standing right there. Job went through all the things he, that he went through. Jesus was still standing right there. The word of God was right there when it was happening. But soon, after, after he came to the end of his trial or his test, he got double, like some people say, double for his trouble. It was well worth it. He lost 10 of his kids, but then again, he didn't lose them because those 10 went to heaven because he was interceding for them every day. Every day he was interceding for those kids. And it never was said that his kids disobeyed him or anything. So this is why the more you know, the stronger you become. Then let's look at, uh, let's keep on down here because I want to make sure we get this done. Okay, that's something that I find. Well, let's look at uh, 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 Acts 2 and verse 30. Acts 2, verse 30. Therefore, being a prophet, and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that the fruit of his loin, according to the flesh, he would rise up Christ and sit on his throne. Now, this is the part. These are all prophecies that came to pass. This is how you win souls. You show them what does the word say, and then let signs and wonders follow you. If God said, if you baptize in the Holy Spirit, signs and wonders will follow. Well, here's a person that's got a, uh, give you an example, this person got a real bad back pain, 
and you're already in back pain. And and he said, will you pray for me? Or she, will you pray for me? You're already in pain. But you've got to believe past your pain that this person is going to get healed. And you pray that they get healed and believe they're going to be healed. And God operates on that, and next thing you know, they're healed. And then later on in life, you receive your healing. Yes, Lord, let me give you all an example. I was down at, uh, I, I was praying for different people because I had knee problems, bone on bone, if anybody knows what that is. And there was no, no correction except surgery, and I refused to get surgery. And uh, the doctor laughed at me. He said, don't worry, you're going to be begging me in three, three months. I said, I'm not begging you. I went to another church. This man called me out named Ted Shuttlesworth. He said, you, I see Jesus standing right next to you healing you. And he said, come up on this platform. So, Ted, if you're ever listening, I'm the one from Kansas City. And I came up on that platform, and when he came, I got up there. He told me to raise my leg. He didn't pray for me anything. He didn't lay no hands on me. He said, raise your leg up like you're in the Army. Put it down. Raise your leg up. Now take off. And I took off running, and I ain't had no knee trouble since, and that's been seven years ago. So instantly it happened. But there's some that don't happen instantly. But the thing is, always remember who did it? Jesus did it. You didn't do it. The pastor didn't do it. Jesus did it. And prophecy is one of the things that will help you. And one of the prophecies said, that will pour uh, my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. That means you can speak. That doesn't mean always foretelling the future. You can speak the thing. If you'll speak unto this mountain, tell, it said to be thou removed and cast in the sea. It should. It didn't say it will. It should obey you. But there are what we call uh, fears that are just defiant. They'd rather be beat up before they quit. They got more faith that the devil got more power than you do, than you do that Jesus has more power. And the Bible says greater is he who's in me than he who's in the world. You either believe God or you believe the devil. All right. Let me keep on going here because I want to make sure we get to this part here. Let's turn to, uh, we're still staying in Acts, and I'm going to be teaching from Acts till we get to where the Lord shows me to, to stop. So let's go to Acts the second, still Acts the second, and uh, the 37th verse. They said, now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? In other words, look. They saw signs, miracles. They heard the prophecy. They seen it came to pass. Now they asked him, Peter, what to do? The same thing that Jesus did, the same thing that John did, the same thing that every apostle or every believer, when he leads a person to Christ, the first thing he said, then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. It's a gift, but you don't control the gift. The gift controls you. First of all, you repent. Repent. Whatever you're doing wrong, whatever you've done wrong, and repent for your family because you can have generational curses in your life. And it's something you ain't did or anything else, but your forefathers did. So repent from them because they can't repent. You repent from them so that your sin can be remitted. Then 39. For the promise is unto you and to your children, to all of far, as many as the Lord our God shall call. In other words, I told you, 
God's got to call these people. You can you can intercede for them and pray for them and everything else, but God himself has got to call them. And how does he do it? By the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit picks up certain ones to be uh, baptized in him. Now, we don't know how he does it because he said the wind blows how he wants to, and so is the Holy Spirit. He does what he wants to. He is a breath. He is wind. He is air. And once you get to heaven, you're going to find out how much of the air he is up there because it talks. It tells you you're accepted in the beloved. You're accepted in the beloved. You will cry. I'm telling you, you will cry because your sins will come to your thoughts and everything. But he tell you it's already been taken care of. You've been redeemed. You've been redeemed. So the 40th verse says, with many of them, other words, did he testify and exhort a warning of saying to yourself from the uh, save yourself from this crooked generation. Then they that gladly received the word was baptized, and the same day they were added unto the unto them three thousand souls. You know why God said three thousand souls was added? Because if you remember, Peter denied Jesus three times. Then he had to repent three times, and that's why God gave him such a big. Crowd, 3,000 people got added to the church under Peter's teaching. And they continued steadfast in the apostle doctrine and fellowshipping and breaking of bread and other communion and in prayer. Fear and fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. But it also was done by the believers. That's why you had to go back to Mark, the 16th chapter. These are the signs that will follow you. And all that believed were together. See, that's the other part right there. It tells you all that believed were together and all things in common. And they sold their possession and good and parted them to all men, and every man had need. And they continued daily with one accord, one thought in the temple, breaking up bread from house to house, did eat with meat and with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God, having your having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. It didn't say everybody's going to be saved. It says daily such as will uh, should be saved. In other words, our choice. When God calls us, it's our choice to decide if we want to work with him or not. So the main thing is learn of him. Read the scriptures. Read Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastics. Understand this is speaking to you individually. It's God's word is trying to become life in you. And once you do that, it's the hope of glory. I mean, the miraculous realm that opens to you. You feel joy when everybody else is sad. You'll feel peace when everybody else is mad. You'll feel the presence of the Holy One of Israel. What does the presence feel like? It feels different to different people. A lot of people feel heat over their over their body. Some people feel uh, uh, like uh, uh, like with myself. I felt electricity. It's like static electricity. And when I was every time I got up to walk anywhere, once I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, and believe me, people leak. I leak. Everybody else leak. You got to get a refill. But anyway. As I was walking down the street, the air around me was crackling. And you could hear the Holy Spirit speaking to you. That's when you know it's him. He'll speak to you and tell you things that there's no way you know it in the natural. 
there was a man sitting on the corner there at his house, and I knew that he was a very mean person, real mean. Nobody, he didn't talk to nobody, tell you don't get uh, across the street, don't walk in front of his house. He was just mean as he could be. And so all of a sudden, as the Holy Spirit was on me, he said, go talk to him. In the natural, there was no way I'm going over there. This man will shoot me. But in the supernatural, I walked over there and I said, hello, how you doing? And he looked at me and he spoke back. He said, I'm doing pretty good. And me and him started a conversation. And from, until the time he died, he'd speak to me every time I seen him. He never once told me, you need to go around the corner, get off my block or anything else. But it was that he was rejected, he was hurting, and he wanted somebody. He didn't really want nobody, but the Lord opened up the door when I was able to talk to him. And he felt the presence of God, which was, uh, but as I say, everybody has a different thing. If anybody else got any calls, or you can call on in. Can you give them the number again, uh, Dorothy? The number is 646-595-4784 and press 1. All right. Now, I'm getting ready to go down to Atlanta, Georgia, and I'll be preaching at a church called Liberation Freedom. The pastor's name is Donnie Williams. I'll be down there on the 8th of uh, January. If anybody want to come down and see the power of God, because if I go somewhere, I'm asking Jesus to go with me. And hopefully you all get a chance to see the miraculous, the miracles of God if you come down there. Uh, as I say, I'll be teaching again from the book of Acts from right now because God wants to talk about wonders. He wants you to know these wonders. That's why they wrote it in there, called the, the Acts of the Apostle, but actually it was the Acts of the Holy Spirit. The apostles can't do nothing. It's the Spirit of God that does the work. And the way you get close to the Spirit of God is, I say, you study the Word, Old Testament and New Testament. You want to know how God thinks, you look at Jesus. When that man said, I, I got leprosy, will you heal me? He said, I will. So that's God's will, is to heal. So that's already settled. When do I get my healing? That's another thing. The Bible tells us in the book of uh, Ecclesiastic, there is a time and a season. Well, the word season means appointment. Everybody has an appointment. And also, people that want to get healed, they can find a healing church near them. You go to that church because I call it a male person. I mean, M-A-I-L, not M-E-L-E, -E, a male person. It could, he could be, or he or she could be your male person who's got your gift, got your healing. Go find the one that got your healing. People say, well, I've been praying for already before, and that's all I need to be prayed for. Look, if Jesus prayed for people twice, and in the Bible it says that he, he interceding for us all the time, listen, I don't care if it takes 100 times. Get prayed for. Get prayed for. Maybe the Lord may give that person revelation knowledge on something that's in your family, a general curse, generational curse that needs to be broken. And as soon as that, that, broken, that thing is broken, you got healed. A lot of times people want to tell you everything that's wrong with them. Cut it off. 
because your idea or your mind will pick up everything that they're talking about is wrong. You want to get that person healed. So you speak positive. Uh, according to what that Bible says, if you want this mountain move, speak to it. But you got to remember it said, if you got anybody that you ain't forgave, you got to forgive before that'll happen. I had a lady that was in a lot of pain at one of the churches I was preaching at down there in uh, was Springfield. And uh, I said, is there anybody you ain't forgave? She said, yes. I said, who? She said, my ex-husband. I said, well, you got to forgive him. No, I don't want to forgive him. All the things he did to me and stuff. And I said, listen, lady, you're the one that want to be healed. You're the one that wants to be set free. He ain't hurting. You are. I said, if you will forgive him, watch what God will do. I didn't have to know what was in her pain or her body and stuff. As soon as she said, well, can you help me? I said, yes. I asked, I told her to pray a prayer, and she prayed the prayer I told her to pray. And then I said, and tell the Lord, help me with the rest. And when she said, help me with the rest, the power of God hit her down. She went, and when she got off the floor, she was totally healed. It's all about what does the word say, not the way we think or trying to figure out it's what the word say. If he says there's generational curses, I don't care what the church says, there are generational curses. If the thing says, I got a legal right, and you say, well, I've been fasted and prayed, that might have been just long enough to get you open so you can see what you need, what really is the true problem. Because a lot of people, they might have people that is dead and they ain't forgave. You talk to somebody, they've been not uh, talking to each other for over 20 years, and they still go in the same church, and they ain't talking to each other. Then you ask them, what are y'all mad about? They don't even remember. Well, they did something to me, and so I'm mad. Listen, the Bible says, and that's all I have to tell you, you have to go back to what the Scripture says, do not let the sun go down on your wrath. In other words, get everything straight before you go to sleep. If you've got something that you've got to all against that person, find that person and try to get it resolved, you know, peacefully. Don't do it like this one lady was at my church. See, I told her, I said, what you got to do is get the thing at peace with her. And remember to have the power of God moving through you. And she said, okay. So she went back home, and next Sunday she came, her hand all wrapped up, and I said, what's wrong? She said, well, I, I tried to make peace with her, and so I showed her what peace is through God, and I hit her. I said, that is not how you're supposed to do things. <laughs> but the main thing is always remember, God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Even if you don't know a lot, know a little. You ain't got to know everything in the Bible, but you need to know some things in the Bible. If God says this is how you get peace, do it the way he says. If he said this, try to get along with everybody if, and there's a big I-F, if possible. That's what you're supposed to do. Try to get along with everybody. You ain't got to win every argument. Some things are not even worth arguing about because you think about it. What does it have to do with your salvation? Nothing. It has nothing to do with you. Why you have to win the argument? Well, I don't want nobody walking over me. Why? Because your feeling, your emotion is in the way. Your ego, let the ego go. Be humble like Jesus said and follow him. The more you, the next couple of broadcasts, I'm going to be teaching more out of the book of Acts so that we can see these things operated according to the word, according to prophecy, 
Prophecy is not always foretelling the future. Prophecy is speaking to things like in your feet. My foot hurts, so I speak to that pain. Pain, you must leave. I ain't got to figure out what the name of that pain is. I call it pain. I is another demon, and it, it brings you pain. So I speak to it. It's got to go. I don't try to make friends with it. I don't try to tell it, oh, uh, devil, will you please leave me? Or uh, pain, will you please leave No, it's a war. War means war. It means whatever means necessary, I'm telling you what you got to do. You need to put the fear of God into the devil and the fear of you into the devil. How do I know this? The word says that if I submit myself unto God, resist the devil, that means using the word, he will flee from me. It didn't say he would flee from God. He'll flee from me. A lot of times, if any, there's somebody on the thing now, listen to him, he's got a sore throat. If you'll take your hand and wipe it across your throat right now and throw it to the ground and say, in the name of Jesus, leave, your sore throat will be healed instantly. I was at a church not too long ago that God used the word of knowledge, the word of wisdom. That's why you need to study the book of uh, 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter so that you'll know what gifts are in the Bible. So is there anybody else got any more questions or, or any comments? Um, I've got two now. callers who have, not, who have not raised their hand. They haven't pressed the one, so I'm not quite okay. sure if they have a question. So we'll just give them a minute. You, I can't tell if you have a question unless you push the one. So. Okay. And then a little question. Well, I hope I covered a phone number. You covered a lot. Uh, yeah, well, all about this is all about wonders. What makes you? Hmm. I wonder about that, or like that guy just come on TV, makes you want to go. Hmm. Yeah. That's what the Bible is all yeah, about. Here's, to make us. Here's someone raising their hand. Area code nine one three. Your okay. mic is open. Hello, caller. Hello. Hi, I have a question. Can I help you? Hi. Okay. Um, so a person who um, has issues with, um, like, a person who who has a, an attraction to children, like molestation and stuff like that, is that somebody who possibly has a demon controlling them? Yes, exactly is what it is. You have what they call a spirit of perversion. You have a spirit called pedophile. A lot of stuff that we just think it just means words are actually spirits. And a lot of times you check with those persons, they have been uh, molested. They have been uh, messed with when they were younger. A lot of times, even even uh, like some people say, I was born a homosexual. They're telling the truth. They're telling the truth. This thing entered at them when they were a child. And it comes in by parents walking, uh, a lady's pregnant. And she said, oh, I wish I wasn't pregnant. I hate that I have this child. Then it opens up the door for different spirits that will come in. I had one lady I was doing a deliverance on, and I asked the demon, I said, how would you get into this woman? He said, I saw her while I was floating around walking around in dry places, and i seen her. So I walked into her, and that's how she got it. And she ended up being a prostitute. So, yes, these things can enter in 
even before you're born, while you're in your mother's womb and stuff. So is there any other question? No. No, I'm good. Okay. Now, okay, now one of the things you want to do to break uh, curses like that, perverted spirit, is to go into the book of Psalms and uh, Psalms 51. That's the best one to get into, Psalms 51, especially when it gets down to that part that says, create within me a clean heart, O God, and renew the right spirit in me. Well, the word spirit in that tense means motive. Renew in me the right motive. So if you got somebody that's going through that or uh, you know somebody's going through that's the best thing yeah. to do. And tell them, don't read it just to be reading it, but read it with forethought of what does this mean to me. Um, you'd be surprised how many people that might be into uh, pornography and stuff, they don't really want to be in that. Or into uh, homosexuality, they don't really want to be into this thing. But until that demon is broken off of them, and that demon is called perversion, once that, that thing is off, they'll feel a lot better. And just like, uh, I'm going to throw this in too, I met a lady who couldn't lose weight. And I started praying for her, and the name of the demon was called food. And once I prayed for her, within, I think it was in within uh, less than a month, she lost over 50 pounds without changing her diet. Wow. God supernaturally did it for her. Any other questions? So a person, going back to the pedophile thing, um, a person who <clears throat> who suffers from that, um, say it's, mm-hmm. you know, someone, someone else that you aren't in contact with at all. Mm-hmm. Um, will, you know, prayers and stuff um, help them to become delivered, or do they have to participate in that? Okay. Now, the thing is, your prayer is an intercessory for that person. Yes, and you have to kind of keep bombarding heaven about it. They can't, because like, uh, to give you an example, my life, I was, was, everything you could think of, I've done it. Ain't nothing I didn't do. But my mother kept praying for me that I would change. And at the age 33, Jesus made a visitation. I seen, I heard his voice. It scared me so bad. I told him, I said, Lord, you ain't got to hurt me. You ain't got to put me in the hospital. I'll preach. And I didn't know nothing about no preaching. And he talked to me for three and a half days, teaching me the Bible on what they call the first level. So you never know by your interceding or praying for somebody that Jesus might make a visit to them. I've seen a lot of people that Jesus has visited them. And that's what got them to change. And as I say, with anything like homosexuality, pedophile, and all that, it can be broken. But you've got to intercede for that person, or if that person wants it broken off of them, they need to find the scriptures that help break it off. Like, as I told you, Psalms 51 is a good one. And another good one would be Psalms 82, where it says God judges among the gods. You don't have to understand what it means. Because that's why it says in the book of uh, uh, Psalms 1 and 1, it says, meditate day and night in the word or in the law. What does that mean? Day means when you understand. Night means when you're confused. 
So in other words, you ain't got to understand, but if you meditate upon it, Lord, give me revelation knowledge. I need help. I, I, want, I want to be born again. So anyway, uh, you have a blessed day and everything, and hopefully you'll be listening again in the future. I'll be teaching on. I'll be teaching on uh, the rest of Acts, and a lot of that's going to show you how to break things off of people. Awesome! Thank you All very right. much. You're welcome. Well, Dorothy, it seems like we done came another two hours. <laughs> yeah, we usually do. Uh, well, anyway, I'm getting ready to get myself prepared. And, and get in my little mm-hmm. resting, and I've got. There's a lot of people out here suffering from uh, uh, being tired. One of the things I tell you that will help is to get this thing called ginger beer. You can get it at a health food store. It's called ginger beer, but it's not alcoholic. Take some in the morning, and it gives you energy. It will. You be so tired, don't feel like moving around. You take a. Uh, 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 a small cup of that, and it will give you energy. So I'm just leaving y'all with that, and let me leave y'all with prayer. Heavenly Father, we know that you listen to our prayer. We know that you created us out of love. You wanted a fellowship with someone, and you created, first of all, the Word, which is your Son. Then you created the Spirit. So that way you could be in the lower realities. We know all things is God, and we're created in the in the God. We have our breathe, our air, everything is in God. But everything is not of God. For you said there are some things that creeped into one of your uh, angels, which was pride. And that pride was defeated him. But right now, Father, we're asking for favor from you. We were asking this year to be the beginning of new authority in us, that we'll walk in that authority, we'll walk in favor, that the money that's been, uh, finances that's been held up from us will come through. Even finances that's not held up from us will come through. We'll walk in supernatural authority that where we can speak to this mountain and say, be thou removed and cast in the sea, and if we doubt not in our mind, we can have whatever we have to say. But the thing is, always remember, Father, we, we want to remember this because we want you to put it in us, that we'll always remember to forgive everyone who hurts us, not to hold on to rejection and all that from the past, but move in the newness of life, that we pass on past those hurts and receive the, the knowledge of how to forgive that somebody can forgive us. Father, we have offended a lot of people, and uh we, we need forgiveness, and we need to forgive others. And, Father, those that are sick or afflicted, I ask you right now to send ministered angels to them. As you send Jesus ministered angels, I ask you to send ministered angels to these, these believers, to the believers, that they may be healed and set free. Father, I thank you that your eyes is upon your children and that your word is going forth in love and that you are training us, training us to fight against the, the wickedness of this world, that by goodness we'll overcome evil. By love, we'll overcome hate. By the moving of your spirit, we'll no longer be carnal-minded, but spiritual-minded. And, Father, we give you the thanks, we give you the praise. In Jesus Christ's mighty name, and we all say, Amen. Amen.
All right, until next week, or ne- the week after next. <laughs> and I'll give you a little talk then. So you already know where I'm coming from. I think it's in uh, Acts the third chapter, and we're still talking about wonders. Wonders in the book of Acts. Sounds good. Mm-hmm. All Thank right, you well, you have a blessed day. Good lesson. You too. You have a blessed evening. Thank you for such a thorough lesson, as usual. You're quite thorough. <laughs> and I'm so glad you guys listened live and got to ask your questions. It's so much fun when we answer your questions and pray for you. Amen. Just, it's your, uh, just this to you. I heard from Jameer today. He gave me a call. He got a new job, yes. He'll be teaching next Thursday. Amen. All right, I'm going to try to be listening in. See, i got to figure if I'm in town or out of town. Next Thursday, I'll be down in uh, Atlanta, Georgia, ministry. All right, then. Well, I was just so glad to hear from him. And what time I know, I on? was getting quite concerned about him. He was going through quite a trial. So. Mm-hmm. What time does he come on Thursday? 7 o'clock. Everybody has the same time, 7 o'clock Eastern. And he has okay. not given me the topic yet, so I don't know what he's teaching on, but he's always, he's, I love his teaching because it's like so down to earth, you know, it's just oh, yeah. where the rubber hits the road, so. Mm-hmm. Have you ever read his book, Manifest and Destiny? Oh, yes, that's, that's how I got to know him. He sent me an email and said, could you please look at my book and he sent me the book and I read the book and I said what an anointing on this man I have <laughs> I tell you and well, father said yeah well, your next yes <laughs> alright well you have a blessed day and, and I got other people calling me right now so I'll talk to you next time okay father bless God bless. Good night, everyone. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.